Hello and welcome to the Giants of the Faith podcast. This is episode 54. My name is Robert Daniels and I'm the host of this show where we feature men and women from Christian history who've made an impact for the kingdom with their lives. We're in the midst of a series profiling hymnists and in this episode I'm bringing you the life of Reginald Heber. Now that's not a name that jumps off the page as a well-known Christian, at least it didn't to me, but he wrote one of the greatest hymns maybe even the greatest hymn of all time, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Heber was born on April 21, 1783, in Cheshire, England. He was the son of Thomas, an Anglican cleric, and Elizabeth. The family was wealthy and well-connected, holding the lordship of the manor at Martin. And as a young boy, he was completely immersed in the Bible. By age five, he was reading the Bible for himself, and his memory for chapter and verse references was remarkable. At age 8, he was sent to grammar school, and he was such a good student, and being well-connected didn't help either, that at age 13, he was enrolled in Bristow's School near London. Uh, Bristow's was a very exclusive private school of only about a dozen or so boys, and was basically a feeder for Oxford and Cambridge, for the best, brightest, and wealthiest. While at Bristow's, he entered into a lifelong friendship with John Thornton, Thornton was a kindred spirit to Heber, sharing an interest in the church and in church history. After Bristow, Heber enrolled at Brazenose College at Oxford. His friend Thornton went the Cambridge route, which was a bit of a disappointment to Heber, but their friendship remained intact. Brazenose was Heber's father's alma mater, and his brother was a fellow there. Heber was a prize-winning poet and writer while in school, winning the Latin Prize for the Best Latin Poem, the English Prize for the Best English Poem, as well as an award for the Best English Essay. As was the custom of the wealthy young at the time, Heber and Thornton planned a grand tour of Europe after their graduation in 1804. Unfortunately for them, Napoleon was rampaging through Europe at the time, so they had to postpone their trip until July 1805. And when they did get to go, they had to travel north through Sweden, Norway, and Russia, rather than the more normal destinations of France and Italy. But the two had a grand time, visiting the private chambers of the Tsar, observing snow skiing for the first time, getting to witness Muslim worship practices and observances, and basically making new friends wherever they went, both inside and outside the church. They returned home in October 1806, and then Heber went directly into service for the church. In February 1807, Heber was ordained as a deacon, and then, only three months later, as a priest in May. He was installed as the rector at the family estate in Hodnet. He originally split his time between Hodnet and All Souls at Oxford, before moving to Hodnet full-time. He would serve there for 16 years, and was, by all accounts, well-loved by his parishioners. He has been described as kneeling often at sickbeds at the risk of his life, where there was strife, the peacemaker, where there was want, the free giver. And I'd say those are pretty admirable traits for a pastor. In 1809, Heber married Amelia Shipley, daughter of a prominent Welsh clergyman, who promptly declared the rectory at Hodnet too small for a proper home, and so Heber tore it down and built a larger home to better suit his new wife. Heber was later joined by his younger brother, who served as his curate, which gave Heber time to pursue his writing and academic work. He also had time to lecture, and it was eventually taken on as canon at St. Asaph's in 1817. 
That was the Welsh cathedral where his father-in-law served as dean. And since this was close to home, he was able to do that and maintain his position at Hotnet. In 1818, Reginald and Amelia welcomed the birth of their first daughter. Unfortunately, she died as an infant on Christmas Eve that same year. The couple would eventually have two more daughters, Emily and Harriet, both of whom lived to adulthood. At the time that Heber served as an Anglican priest, the church was not too keen on the singing of hymns in their services. If there was to be singing at all, it should be the singing of the Psalms. But Heber loved writing poetry and so writing hymns was a natural extension of that love for him. He admired John Newton and his hymns, and so between 1811 and 1820, Heber composed approximately 60 hymns, some of which were actually published in the Christian Observer. His greatest work, both in terms of popularity and longevity, by a long shot, is Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which takes its inspiration from Revelation chapter 4. Heber compiled his hymns for publication even writing to the Bishop of London for the official stamp of approval. Uh, But while that stamp was withheld, Heber was encouraged to publish his hymns with the understanding that if they were well received, then the approval would come at a later date. Heber had previously published a book of poetry, and he was also working on a dictionary of the Bible. He was a busy man. He wasn't able to publish his collection, however, because in 1822 an old friend of his, Charles Williams Wynne, wrote to Heber to offer him the post of the Bishop of Calcutta. The previous bishop had died, and they were in need of a replacement. This is no small post. Calcutta covered most of what is now India and Sri Lanka, as well as all of Australia and parts of southern Africa. Heber was a great proponent of overseas missions as a pastor, and he had written the successful missions hymn from Greenland's Icy Mountains, which I've never heard of, but apparently helped raise a good deal of money for the church's missions in Greenland. So the post had a certain appeal to him, and in January 1823 he took office, and in June of that same year he set sail for India. During his travels, he wrote journals that would posthumously become the book Journey Through India, published by Amelia. In June 1824, Heber ordained the first native Indian into service as a deacon. That was a big deal for the people in India, and also for the folks in the Anglican Church at large. In his post, Heber wasn't afraid to rock the boat. He wrote to London criticizing the very powerful East India Company for its treatment of the locals and its abuses of power. I don't think he made much of a difference, but it does show the character and the stones that the man had. In January 1826, he set out for southern India to get a better understanding of the caste system that ruled life there. On March 26th, he preached an Easter sermon to a crowd of about 1,300. Then on April 2nd, in Trichinopoly, he baptized 42 souls. Unfortunately, the next day, after three years of service in India, he died of a brain aneurysm while taking a bath on April 3rd, 1826. As the story goes, he'd been preaching in the hot sun, and, you know, Mad Dog is an Englishman and all that. He ordered a cold bath drawn for himself, and when he jumped in, It was a shock to his system, and he died. He was only 42 years old. After his death, the tributes were numerous. Besides the glowing pieces that were written about him, a huge marble statue of his likeness, costing 3,000 pounds, which is an enormous sum of money, was placed in St. Paul's Cathedral, where it remains. In 1827, his wife Amelia published Heber's hymns under the title 
hymns written and adapted to the weekly church service of the year. And a few years later, his youngest daughter, Harriet, married the son of his good friend, John Thornton. And with that somewhat happy ending, I'll wrap up this episode. Heber was a great man who cared for those under his care, and he really seemed to be a leader of his people rather than over them, if you know what I mean. And his contribution of the great and powerful hymn, Holy, 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 certainly qualifies him as a giant of the faith. Thanks very much for listening. Until next time, God bless. God bless.